You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Organizations like the Wrecking Crew remind us there's a lot of good in our world, but I don't think I have to spend a lot of time this morning uh, trying to convince you that there is also a lot of evil in our world. Um, The latest outbreak of violence in the Middle East uh, certainly is a matter of prayer for us. Uh, the ongoing aggression against Ukraine, uh, not to mention uh, our own struggles with political infighting here in the United States, uh, and all the injustices around the world that get overlooked. Uh, Know this, God hates evil. He hates evil. And that's what I want to talk about this morning as we continue our series on the book of Proverbs, uh, our series called I Pity the Fool. Uh, Today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 6 and specifically look at the things God hates. Um, In in chapter 6, we're we're hearing the voice of the the father, the wise father. Uh, And in Proverbs 6, he continues to share life-giving wisdom. uh, uh, He's writing this to his son, which uh, this uh, chapter 6 includes a list of things that God hates. Now, that probably seems a little strange to our hearing, doesn't it? Because we mostly focus on what God loves, that he is a loving God, that he loves and the things that he loves, and that is true, and that is right. Our God is um, a, a God of love. But when we read the whole of Scripture, you know, the big takeaway is God is love. That, that is the big takeaway. When we read from Genesis to Revelation, the big, big topic and the big theme, our big takeaway is that the God of the universe loves us and he is for us. We can't earn his love. We can never deserve his love, uh, but he is loving and he is good. And the apostle John puts it this way in his first letter. He says, let us love one another for love comes from God. Uh, Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. So it would make sense that the idea that we're talking about things that God hates might not sit well with us and might not sound right. In fact, if God is love, how can he hate? How is that possible? Well, God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy and tender compassion. Um, He's a God who is rich in mercy and grace. But our God is also a God of justice. His holiness, his love, and his goodness uh, are not compromised by the fact that he is also a God of of justice. Um, In fact, God's hate of evil is actually the flip side or byproduct of his amazing love for us. I want you to think about the beautiful description that the Apostle Paul gives us of love in, in 1 Corinthians 13. I did a wedding yesterday, so this is very fresh on my mind. Uh, It's a a passage that we use a lot in weddings because it is a beautiful picture uh, that Paul paints of the description of the love that we're to have for one another. But we need to also remember that God is love and all love originates from him. And therefore, uh, this love is very much descriptive of God's love for us as well. And, And because this is a very familiar passage, I want to encourage you and ask you to try to, to see it and hear it with fresh eyes and ears, if you can. 
uh, particularly as we think about God um, loving us and the fact that he hates injustice and how that all works together through this filter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I did, I, as I was reading this and thinking about this message, I, I was drawn to that, that quality of God's love and the love that he wants in us that this true, pure love from God always protects. And that is the heart of God that we see as we read Proverbs chapter six this morning, that God's perfect and protecting love actually requires him to hate anything that seeks to harm us or diminish us, those that he loves. And so it's important for us to recognize that, that, that this is actually sort of the flip side of his love, that because he loves us, he, he hates anything that would seek to harm us or diminish us. Now, this shouldn't be a hard concept for us to grasp for any of us who love uh, someone, right? I mean, let's think about it. Anything that someone in your life, whether it's a child or your spouse or a close friend, any time that they are dealing with something that is harmful, uh, you know, I, I, I have always, I've never liked cancer, but when Mary Margaret was diagnosed with cancer many years ago, I grew uh, just a hate for it. And, uh, you know, in your own life, think about maybe when your children have suffered an injustice uh, there is a resentment that draws up in, in us, even on our best days. Um, and I, I like to think, well, God, that's just a reflection of your holy love. And I have to be honest, most of the time it's not a real true reflection. It's a lot of Reese's brokenness and humanity in that. I'd like to, like to say that it was pure, but most of the time it's not. But it is a reflection of the amazing love that God has for us uh, as his children how much more so would God, whose love is perfect and holy, hate any and every evil thing that hurts us? And that's really the, the mindset that we want to have as we look at this passage of Scripture from Proverbs 6. Now, when we read this list, that we're going to read in just a second, know that this is not an exhaustive list. There are many things that, that we read throughout Scripture that God hates. Idolatry, again, it points back to anything that would seek to harm us or diminish us. Um, but living wisely is not just, uh, we don't want to, we're not going to read this passage just for the sake of knowing, hey, here are seven things that God hates. And just put, storing that away for trivia or some sort of little factoid about God. No, there's a reason that we should know this and be mindful of this because it should instruct us on how to live our lives. It should instruct us on, on the ethics that God loves and the things that we are to avoid. Because living wisely means choosing God's way, his way of love. We're called to follow God's example as dearly loved children, to walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So walking in God's example, his way of love includes hating the very things 
that God hates. And it should affect the way that we live our lives, the way that we respond to one another, and the way that that we move forward. And the way of wisdom calls us to both rid our own lives of the behaviors God opposes, but he also calls us to avoid those who practice them on a regular basis. And I think it's important for us just to be mindful of that and how others affect us. Does that mean that we shun uh, every person? No, we, we are not called to do that, but we need to be mindful of how we are affected by those that, that we know and those that we spend time with and the effects that they have. So with this as a backdrop, how our God who is love can also hate evil, let's look at Proverbs chapter 6 beginning in verse 16. Uh, The wise father writes this. He said, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. And this is a, a, a literary device that shows that this is not an exhaustive list. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is something we want to begin with. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our prayer is that you would help us to love the things you love, and to hate the things that you hate. Lord, I pray that you would do in us your loving and righteous work. We invite you to come and to show us our hearts this morning, Lord God. Help us to shy away from thinking of others that might represent some of these things, some of these evils, some of these injustices. But Lord, we invite you to shine the light of your love on our own hearts, to show us how these things may be resident in us in in big blatant ways or small subtle ways. Come Holy Spirit, come speak your words, uh, your spirit-inspired words, Lord, from your word. Speak them through my, my mouth. Lord, let them be from your heart. We thank you for your love. We thank you for all the things that your love does for us. Ultimately, that your love saves us and heals us and restores us. Come and do that work in us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this really doesn't need a lot of unpacking, okay? It really doesn't. Uh, but I do want to just spend, um, you know, some things, uh, some time just bringing some attention and some thoughts and, and, and also some of the Proverbs that go along with these that are not in this particular passage, but, but certainly re- relate to them. And I want you to notice that the first five, uh, they all relate to our body. They actually describe a, a part of our body. It starts with our head and it moves to our feet and begins with, with haughty eyes, haughty eyes. Uh, a sense of pride and arrogance, uh, an overall lack of humility. And if you are the least bit familiar with Scripture, you know that time and time again, it's, it's said throughout Scripture that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Remember that pride is what caused uh, Satan to fall. 
And it was the basis of original sin in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve, they wanted to be like God more than they wanted to be with God. And the importance of recognizing how that uh, relates to us as well. Paul talks about the struggle of pride spiritually on many occasions. Um, one, one of the passages from Romans 12 says, By the grace God uh, has given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of you. And as we've talked about from the very beginning of this series, the whole foundation of wisdom comes from uh, fear of God, a reverence and an awe of God, acknowledging God, you are great, you are all-powerful, you are mighty, you are God, and I am not. And throughout Proverbs, we are reminded of the amazing role of humility toward God and toward others. Uh, Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are rich and honor and life. And so this is... uh, yeah, what God hates, but it is very much an invitation for us to, 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 to seek to live in humility, uh, an awareness, God, you are God. And uh, an awareness, God, I don't, I don't want to come across as haughty or thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. Show me when I do that. Show me how I come across to others and help me to, to, to know your heart and to display your heart in the way that I look the way that my eyes communicate, and how I live my life. God hates uh, haughty eyes. He hates a lying tongue, chronic dishonesty, a lifestyle that is completely just based on utter deception. My grandmother used to say, you know, people that choose to lie when the truth would suit better. That's that, that lifestyle, that chronic activity is just like, they're going to always, they're just always lying. They're exaggerating. They have no value for truth or veracity. And Proverbs has a lot to say about that, that our lips need to be truthful. They need to be filled with truth. Uh, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy Eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool. How much worse lying lips to a ruler. A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. So it's it's pretty simple. Let our yes be yes. Let our no be no. Let us be people who who seek to, to speak truth in love. Truth and love, it's not about going and giving just, you know, flowery language and just, you know, just, just like being insincere with, with compliments, but it is about being truthful. It's about being honest, uh, and it's about letting that be at the core of who we are and letting that come out of our mouths as a result of that. So we've got haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and then hands, hands that shed innocent blood. And this is simply a a tendency to be hurtful, especially to those who are weak and those 
who cannot defend themselves. And we're going we're gonna to unpack this a lot in November. Uh, Rebecca mentioned that November for us is our Compassion Ministries Month. And we're going to be focusing on the wisdom of caring for the poor. Uh, there's a lot that Proverbs has to say about this, and that's going to be our theme for Compassion Month in November. So we'll unpack that more. But do know this, that God is a God of love, and he is also a God of justice who hates evil and all the injustice that comes with it. And it's important for us to just not get comfortable with uh, the, the injustice that we see, that we witness, that we read about. But as we do, that we're saying, God, show me your heart and we're praying for God's kingdom to come. And God's kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness. It's him setting things right. It's a kingdom of justice. And there are things that he's calling us to pray for, and there's also things that he's calling us to do with our hands, our energies, our influence, and our resources. And we'll explore that more uh, in the month of November. So we've got hands that shed innocent blood and a heart that devises wicked schemes. These are things that God hates, he detests. And and that's just a a core motivation to cause harm and to disrupt. Uh, Jesus mentions this uh, idea of the heart a lot. He speaks about the heart, not simply as a physical organ, but as as a motivation for how we live our lives. He has his own list of things in Matthew 15, 19. Uh, He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And it it begins in our hearts, this this motivation, this this heart posture, but it, it turns into activity, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. This is about our motives. This is about our affections, the feelings, the desires, and thoughts that inform all of these things. God's about our hearts, and he is about our hearts being transformed. And that's what it means for us to to become disciples, for the Holy Spirit to transform us. We read earlier from Romans chapter 12, and, and that's the thing about in view of God's mercy, He wants our lives to be transformed. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. He wants to give us pure, clean hearts. He wants to work that in us. He wants to bring about the same kind of heart that Jesus had. And it is an ongoing work of sanctification that he wants to do in all of us. And that's why the wise father that we read about in the beginning of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 4 to, above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. God hates hearts that are, that are devising wicked schemes that are always coming up with some sort of motivation to harm and disrupt the things that he wants to do, the things of his kingdom, the things that bring peace, the things that bring joy, expressions of his love. And then the, the last of the, 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 the body parts are the feet that are quick to rush into evil an attraction to evil, and almost a giddiness to participate in it. You're thinking, well, Reese, none of us would do that. Well, I, I would hope not. Uh, but we need to realize that, that God hates the very enjoyment of evil. 
in whatever way it comes across. And, you know, we have so many ways to be able to be entertained with media today. Uh, It's so accessible. It's so incredibly accessible, whether it's your phone or your streaming television, your smart TV. Uh, it's, it's amazing, and I think that a lot of times, because of the, the deluge of whether it is violence, whether it is sexual content, whether it is profanity, we become numb to it. We become numb to it, and, and, and just this idea that, that it's, it, we're watching evil, and evil has become a source of entertainment for us. And I'm not, I'm not being prudish. I'm just saying, let's be discerning, okay? Let's, let's realize the effect that these things have on us, not just our minds, but our, our, our hearts, our souls. And, you know, as Rebecca asked earlier, how is, you know, we, we ask regularly, how is your soul? We need to be mindful of how these things affect us. These things are, are evil, and they do affect us. And so God says, you know, I, I, I hate evil. I hate anything that hurts my children, those that I love. And so we need to be mindful of how these things would affect us. Um, a false witness who pours out lies. He said, well, he's already talked about a lying tongue. How is this different? Well, this is about someone who intentionally maligns others. There is, there is intent here. There is the goal of destroying someone's character or reputation that's, uh, there's, a, there's an intent here that maybe is uh, separate from the lying tongue that he writes about earlier. There is a thing of, well, if I say this, or if I start this rumor, or if I make this post, or if I give this insinuation, then it could affect this person in this way, negatively. And, and That's what he's talking about. Again, it's a heart matter. These are uh, false words or half-truths that seek to destroy a person, uh, destroy their reputation. Proverbs has a lot to say about this. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool, is a fool. Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. We all know the power of our words. And so let us be quick. Let us be intent to to speak words of truth in love. Let us be quick to, to look for opportunities rather than to break someone down, to actually encourage them and build them up. I had the opportunity this week, um, Cheryl Jones, many of you know Cheryl Jones, um, uh, one of our small group leaders, a spiritual director here. She's also one of our finance team members. Uh, Cheryl's mother, Elka, was part of our church family. Uh, she would spend her, her summers in New York and then come and be with us during the winter uh, months. And she passed away back in the spring. And uh, there was a memorial service that, for Elka that Mary Margaret and I got to go and be a part of. And I remember... My interactions with Elka were always so wonderful. Uh, she had this beautiful German accent, and um, she was always so encouraging. I cannot tell you a single conversation that I have ever had with Elka over the many years that she was part of our church family when she wasn't encouraging. 
I mean, I would go and I would be talking about, to her, making it about her, inquiring about her, and then all of a sudden she's turned it around and it's, it's this encouraging thing for me. And I love that. That was so powerful. That is the opposite of this, this thing of, of, of someone who pours out lies and, and a false witness. She was all about encouraging, and that's what this is about. It's about being encouraging, looking for opportunities to build one another up, to build up one another. And then finally, I, w- I want to close with this one. A person who stirs up conflict in the community is, a, is the, the final thing in this list, not an exhaustive list of seven that we see here in terms of wisdom, one who is constantly divisive, whether it's in person, whether it's in a family, whether it's in a work setting, whether it's in church, whether it's in our community or our country. Country right now, yeah, I don't have to tell you, we're so splintered and so fractured, and, and it, it's, it's heartbreaking. We're talking about people that are, they, their lifestyle is creating quarrels and, 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 and just seeking to, to constantly stir things up, whether it's through gossip, um, just all kinds of turmoil and, 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 and personal drama that is just never stops. It never, ever stops. Next week, we're going to talk more about being a peacemaker, but I want to, I want to encourage you and challenge you. As I challenge myself, remind, remember the passage from Psalm, that beautiful picture. It's a short chapter, but it's such a powerful chapter of uh, how good and pleasant it is with brothers and sisters when families, when workplace settings, when churches, when communities, when countries live together in unity. It's, it's, it's refreshing. It's like the, the dew of Hermon. It is it's like oil pouring down the, the robes of the priest. It's a, it's a place of anointing, refreshing and anointing. Could your family use some of that? Could your workplace use some of that? Could your, our church use some of that? Could our community, could our country you say, well, Reese, these problems, these things going on in our world are far more than I can you know, have any effect on. Don't buy into that lie, okay? Because you and I have opportunities every day in our interactions with strangers, with people we know, with coworkers, with other folks in our community. We have decisions. Will I love the things that God loves and will I hate the things that he hates? And as a result of that, will I choose to engage in certain things and choose not to engage in other things? The way of wisdom, it calls us to rid our own lives of the behaviors that God opposes. Seven that we've listed today that are here in Proverbs 6. And to also avoid those who practice them. And guys, I may be, I, I don't think I'm stepping out. Of, I know I'm not stepping out of place. I may not, this might not be real comfortable for me to say, but I know I'm not stepping out of place here. Uh, you know, we need to apply this list to our own hearts and lives, okay, first and foremost, right? We do. And that's what I've encouraged you as we've gone through this list, which is, you know, a very straightforward list. But I got to say this as well. I want you as, as people who, if you are a citizen of the United States, I want you participating in our electoral process, okay? That's, a, that's something that we have been entrusted with. And we want to be good stewards of everything that God has entrusted to us, including the right to vote. 
And, and I, I want to encourage you to do that. But I want to ask you, what if we also applied this list to the political candidates that we are thoughtfully and prayerfully considering voting for? What might that look like? How might that change the way we view our political process? And I realize the cynics among us, and I have those tendencies, I will be very honest, would say, well, that means I can't vote for anybody. <laughs> and that is being cynical, and that is being... Anyway, it's... But, but folks, I, 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 you know, should we have these standards? These are, these are not, this is not too much to ask for. And, and so, um, you know, what if we just, what if we need to raise our standards for, for people that we're putting in office? And, and for a, a righteous standard, I, I remind you of Proverbs 17, 7, eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool, and how much worse lying lips to a ruler, someone in a position of authority, that we hold people accountable for the things that they say um, and the claims that they make. And um, yeah, and we are to pray for those who are in leadership. Let us not forget that mandate, whether we voted for them or not. That's also part of our responsibility uh, that's a God-given responsibility. That is not a, uh, an, an American mandate. That is a God-given responsibility to all of us, all of his followers. So I encourage you to do that. God hates these seven things and everything evil that seeks to hurt or diminish those he loves, but God doesn't hate you. Let me remind you of that. He doesn't, re he doesn't hate you. He doesn't hate me. He, he loves us, and because he loves us and is for us, that's why he hates these things. You know, the things that he hates, he, he hates because they diminish us. They, they diminish humanity. They diminish uh, the life that he has for us through Jesus Christ and through the empowerment and the work of the Holy Spirit. So I want to end today with the flip side, praying for the flip side of these seven things. And I just want to, I'm going to just make these prayers, these seven things. Um, here in the vineyard, we pray with our eyes open a lot of the times. So feel free to, as you're seated, uh, feel free to pray with your eyes open or closed as we just close with this simple prayers. For God, we know that you hate these things, but we also know that you love the flip side of these. So would you do that in us? So God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love that saves us, your love that protects us, your love that heals us, your love that guides us. Father, we want to love the things you love, and we want to hate the things you hate. So God, we pray that you would give us eyes that see both you, ourselves, and others with deep humility. 
You are God, we are not. Our brothers and sisters are made in your beautiful, wonderful image. You love them. You are for them just as you love us and you are for us. Help us to think not more highly of ourselves than we should. But Lord, help us to to love each other with humility. Father, bless our tongues to speak truth in love. Bless our tongues to speak truth in love. Let us not be people who exaggerate. Let us be people whose yeses are yes and our noes are no. Lord, let truth come from our inmost being. Lord, take our hands and let them seek to protect the innocent and the powerless. Help us not to be self-serving with our hands, but Lord, make our hands instruments of your love and your goodness and your justice, God. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. Do your work in our hearts, healing them, protecting them, Lord. Filling them with your goodness, Lord, only you can make a heart that is clean and pure. So Holy Spirit, take our hearts. We repent of our evil ways, our motives that are not pure and holy. We confess them to you and ask that you would purify our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, take our feet And let them be feet that are shod with the preparation of peace. Let them be feet that run toward goodness and advocate for justice. Lord, let us not run away from opportunities that you present us each and every day to show your love, your kindness, and your goodness. Holy Spirit, make us people with sincere hearts who look for opportunities to build up and encourage others. Lord, I thank you that you've given us uh, your Holy Spirit. I pray for an increase of gifts of the Holy Spirit to bring encouragement, to bring strengthening as as you give us thoughts, as you give us pictures, as you give us just words of encouragement to bring life to those who are weakened by just the assault of the enemy. Help us to speak words of life, words of strength, words of comfort in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us that we would be people who are instruments of your peace, that we would seek peace and we would work to protect the unity of our families, of your church, of our community, and our country, Lord. We want to love the things you love, and we want to hate the things you hate. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning?